Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? My name is Alex, and my co-host here, Anthony Rivardo. Unfortunately, not a victory Monday, but nonetheless, going into the bye week, perfect time for the Giants to recoup, get a little bit healthier, and hopefully put together a solid next two weeks, especially if they are going to go out and get some more offensive talent. Um, I do want to discuss that specifically, the logic or the arguments behind the Giants maybe going out and improving this team at the trade deadline. You know, Joe Shane obviously would love to have his draft capital as much as possible. Just got a third and sixth round pick from the Kadarius Tony trade. Um, and he's still laying the bricks. You know, he's still laying the foundation of this roster, building it kind of through the draft with some really strong rookie presence. Um, Daniel Bellinger before the injury was just absolutely fantastic. Um, obviously, Evan Neal has, has made a big impact and has seen some nice developmental growth recently. And Kayvon Thibodeau also has just been uh, a force. You know, he's really showed up in a couple of these games late specifically. Um, and Dane Bell to do. He's played a ton to start the year. So they've gotten a lot of value. Some injuries. Darian Beavers would probably be starting right now. Micah McFadden had a sack yesterday. So the draft class seems to be strong up to this point. They're really contributing. And he probably wants to keep as many draft picks as possible to keep laying the bricks. But um, at a certain point, you have to make a decision. Do you want to compete now with your 6-2 and two football team? Or do you want to just ride with what you've got and still look to the future? I think that there can be a healthy balance there. I think there can be a balance where the Giants do improve the team, but also have their draft picks. I think they have 11 draft picks next year. So they have a ton of people they're going to be drafting and bringing in here to make an impact. And then you'll have these guys obviously taking a step forward and getting Darian Beavers back and Marcus McKethan um, and DJ Davidson, who I think went down last <clears throat> last week, excuse me. So I'm pretty optimistic in this squad, Anthony. Uh, but when you're looking at this team, uh, how important do you think it is a, you know, allocate some of that draft capital now to bring in a receiver or someone to help this offense? Or do you think you just stick to your guns right into the sunset and hopefully these guys can step up and make it make a good impact in the in the first season under Dable and Joe and uh, yeah, I guess Joe Shane. Yeah, I mean, I think there's pros and cons to both decisions, whether the Giants decide to trade for talent or whether they decide not to trade for talent. Pros and cons to each of those decisions, because at the end of the day, trading for talent will mean sacrificing draft capital for the future, but it will mean improving the team right here, right now, making a push over the second half of the season towards the playoffs. And I think we all really want to see that happen, right? At the end of the day, we want to see the New York Giants win football games. If trading for a wide receiver or any other player, tight end maybe, will help the Giants win football games this season and push us into the playoffs. I think all Giants fans are going to be in on that because at the end of the day, it's been years since we've watched playoff football. 2016 was the last time the Giants qualified for the playoffs, and it looks like they have a really good shot at making it back this year with a 6-2 and two start to the season, going into their bye week, hopefully getting a bit healthier and maybe adding some more talent via trades before the deadline. So I think that I'm all for a trade, but I also see the argument of Joe Shane doesn't want to make a trade, wants to keep building through the draft. That's obviously the best way to build an NFL team. We've seen that time and time again. The best teams in the NFL build through the draft. All of their most talented players get acquired via the draft. So if the Giants are going to go ahead, make zero deals at the deadline, just the Kadarius Tony deal that they made to add draft capital, that's totally fine. And then we can hopefully build towards the future, get some more talent in next year's draft and the drafts forthcoming, and then build to make really hopefully a dynasty, right? A, a contender, perennial contender year after year with the added talent that We'll get through the draft. You know, it's kind of funny because nobody expected the Giants to be this good this year, rather just to be six and two uh, by the bye week. 
Um, and it seems like their success is putting Joe Shane in a pretty difficult spot, right? Because he has to decide between, do we go out and get some more, uh, get some more pieces to improve this team? Or do we just, you know, keep laying the bricks and, and hope for the future that this is going to become um, a fantastically coached and fantastically, you know, disciplined football team that executes at a very high level. And, you know, right now, I have one argument that I think is kind of interesting, you know, one, one perspective, if you will, and that is regarding Daniel Jones, right? Anyone that says they expected Daniel Jones to do this this year is probably lying. Nobody expected him to play as well as he has and play extremely clean football and do all the things he has been, um, you know, efficiently. And at this certain point, you know, do you really know? I, I guess my question for you is, do you know what we have in Daniel Jones yet? Do you know the true potential of Daniel Jones without seeing a potent offensive passing game? You know, we know what he can do on the ground. We know that he's accurate. We know that he can do some things, but he doesn't have the right pieces and tools for what would be a very heavy passing game under Kafka and Brian Dable. Um, right now, we're a run first team. You know, we're running the football extremely well, but they've had to change their entire makeup to adjust to the strengths of this Giants offense. And this is traditionally not what they wanted to do. Kenny Galladay is not exactly their piece, their, their preferred uh, wide receiver one. Um, you know, so you're looking at kind of what the Giants can do right now. And I think that going out and getting a Jerry Judy ultimately is the most beneficial thing for Daniel Jones's growth in this offense, right? We haven't seen DJ in the offense this team is supposed to be running. And that is a very heavy passing game like the Bills, like the Chiefs, like Patrick Mahomes, like Josh Allen. We haven't seen him do that yet. So if you improve the receivers, maybe you take a step in that direction. So, you know, what are your thoughts about, have we seen the best of Daniel Jones yet? Have we seen him um, at his peak? And, you know, is this offense where it needs to be right now? See, I don't think that we've seen the best of Daniel Jones. I think we've seen it in glimpses and even this year, but in the past we've seen him. I mean, last year he was NFC offensive player of the week against the saints with, you know, 400 passing yards wasn't and a few touchdowns so we've seen him actually have those explosive dominant games I don't know if we've ne necessarily seen that this year of course the NFC Offensive Player of the Week last year against the Jacksonville Jaguars for completing the fourth quarter comeback win rushing for over 100 yards and passing for over 100 yards great performance there and that's kind of where you say maybe we saw the peak of Daniel Jones especially in the running game I think that's his peak he's never ran for that many yards in a game first New York Giants quarterback to rush for over 100 yards in a game since like 1946 so dominant performance on his behalf there but have we seen his peak I don't necessarily think that we have because he's never had like a stable stable offense with him. He's never had stability at the wide receiver position. He's never had stability on the offensive line. If we ever get a five-game stretch where the Giants actually have good wide receiver play, some solid talent around Daniel Jones, plus offensive line is stable and consistent for five weeks, then we'll see Daniel Jones hopefully reach his peak. He can thrive in an offense with playmakers, with pass protection, all of that good stuff that any NFL quarterback just needs to succeed. I would love to see Daniel Jones actually acquire all of that, have that on the team with him. But right now he doesn't, and he never really has. So if the Giants were to go out there, trade for a wide receiver, someone who can just dominate over the second half of the season, whether that be a Jerry Judy or somehow a Brandon Cooks, whatever the case might be. If Daniel Jones had that X-factor receiver to throw to, not just Daniel or Saquon Barkley out of the backfield to hand the ball off to and throw some screen passes to, but an X-factor, dominant, play-in, play-out, reliable wide receiver, then I believe we could see that to be the catalyst to Daniel Jones reaching that peak, maybe being in his prime. 
Again, the Giants are winning games. Daniel Jones is a big part of that. He's helping them win. He is clutching the fourth quarter this year. He's keeping the ball out of harm's way. There was a play yesterday um, in that game where, of course, we lost, but Daniel Jones got sacked from behind. And in years past, that was an automatic fumble. No doubt about it. But somehow he held on to it. And I've never seen him actually hold on to a ball in that situation. That. Yeah, I was like, man, that's a fumble, whatever, game over. But no, I mean, of course, we still went on to lose the game. And it was a costly sack in its own right. But it wasn't a sack fumble. And in the past, we've seen that from Daniel Jones. So I've definitely seen him improve in a variety of ways, whether that be ball security, accuracy, decision making, going through his progressions, especially standing poised in the pocket, taking the hits and not fumbling, all that stuff. Daniel Jones is putting it all together right now but he doesn't have all of the pieces around him to make the full puzzle. So to get those pieces right now for the second half of the year via trade might just be all he needs to have that breakout to really solidify himself and for the New York Giants fans to finally see peak Daniel Jones. So I again, I'm all in on trading for a wide receiver, a tight end, whatever the talent that he needs to, to catalyst him to that success. I, I'm so ready for that because I think we're really close to getting that peak Daniel Jones. We're just one or two pieces away. Yeah, and you know what? I don't want to be the reason that we don't see um, the best of him, right? If we don't go and get that receiver, if we don't make that slight adjustment and improvement to help him out, I, I want to see what he's really capable of. Because some people have been responding to me on Twitter, like we don't, we know, we already know what Daniel Jones is. We don't need to get him any more pieces. We know what he can do. Uh, we know what he is. And I'm like, he's not even playing in the system we're supposed to be playing right now. We're running the football like 70% of the time. We're not throwing the ball. We are, our coordinator doesn't trust the receivers. This is not the Daniel Jones, uh, the version of him that we're supposed to be seeing. What we're supposed to be seeing is the bootleg and the, and the, the play actions as a, as a creative addition onto the offense, not the offense. It's not supposed to be the whole offense, guys. This is supposed to be a stopgap solution for a myriad of deficiencies hurting this offense right now. And, the the offense we're supposed to be seeing is is spreading it out a lot of you know very uh, open open receivers where they can make guys miss in the open field and spreading things out and getting creative with your tight ends and getting creative with Wandell Robinson and scheming him the ball and you know defense is not just locking in on DJ and Saquon on the ground and being able to shut down our entire unit this is not the offense we're supposed to be seeing this is the we have no other choice this is our strengths we're playing to them offense. You know what I mean? And right now, I don't know what Daniel Jones is because we haven't seen him in the offense we're supposed to be running. So going getting going in to get a receiver who can help this unit now, help us get a little bit closer to that, help us scheme the ball to guys like Wandale, scheme the ball to Saquon, where they're not just focused in on and honing in on their, on their uh, qualities and shutting them down. That's what we need. We need a receiver to open up this offense and really get back to what we're supposed to be doing here in terms of developing the scheme. Um, and for that reason, I don't think we've seen the best of Daniel Jones. I don't think we've seen what he can be. I don't think we've seen him passing the ball as effectively as he can um, because we have no one to throw the freaking ball to. God forbid Marcus Johnson has run a freaking streak route downfield. Only one that showed up yesterday was Jairus Slain on those third downs. Hell of a, hell of a job by him. All the credit in the world for him uh, for the performance he had. So, um, But right now, you know, if you add another piece to that unit, you get Evan Neal, you get Ben Bredesen back and Daniel Bellinger back in a couple weeks here – that playoff push becomes very real. You know, like you're like, okay, we got our pieces back. Our, this, this offense can can move. We can do some stuff. And then your piece, whoever you acquire by tomorrow, um, has now been acclimated into the offensive system. So right now, I think getting a receiver, now here's the thing. How much are you willing to give up for a receiver, right? It's easier said than done. So yeah, let's go out and get a receiver. Let's go and, you know, get somebody who's going to help Daniel Jones. Um, 
who can you actually afford to get that's going to make that type of impact? You know what I mean? Are you willing to give up a second-round pick for Elijah Moore? Are you willing to give up a second-round pick for Chase Claypool? Are you willing to give up a second-round pick for Jerry Judy, who has two years left on his contract? You know, like, second-round pick sounds a little bit too pricey for me. I'm looking for, like, a third, and I'd give up a third and a fourth-round pick for somebody, a good player that's still on the rookie deal with a couple years left. I think that's the maximum I would go. Uh, but I'd love to hear your guys, you know, pins in the YouTube section on that as well. But, Anthony, like, what are you thinking in terms of uh, what's the maximum amount of draft cap you'd be willing to part with? Yeah, personally, a second-round pick is the maximum that I'm willing to part with. I know a lot of fans aren't willing to give up that second-round pick. Second-round picks are very valuable, but I do believe that providing that level of talent to the offense right now that you would get by trading away second-round pick is also really valuable. I think that the Giants can win more games towards the second half of the year and make that playoff push, be serious contenders for the second half of the season. And I want to see that, man. I want to see the Giants get back to the playoffs. I want to see them continue to win these games. It was a great start to the season, 6-2 and two going into the bye. No one saw that coming. I want to continue that. I want to keep that momentum, get some talent in here, bolster that wide receiving core. We're going to also get, hopefully, Evan Neal back from, uh, from his MCL injury and hopefully a couple other pieces on the defense and the offense alike. I just want to add some talent to this team. I feel like the offense really is that one piece away from really excelling and pushing forward and having a great second half of the season. So it depends on the name. But yes, a second round pick is something that I'm willing to part with, especially if it is for Jerry Judy, who still has two years on his contract of around four to four point eight million dollars per season. That's not too expensive to pay, especially when you look at the Giants salary cap hit. Or, or salary for the next two years. They're supposed to have a ton of cap space. Affording Jerry Judy on a $4 million contract, they can absolutely do that. And you're paying a second-round pick to get a former first-round pick, a guy who still has first-round pick talent, has WR1 potential. I think it's a good deal, and it's worth it. But if they don't want to part with a second, I think you can absolutely throw a mid-round pick towards Brandon Cooks and provide a similar impact to the offense. So if that's the way that the Giants want to do it, that's the way that they should. However, his salary might be a little bit higher. I'm not sure the exact details on his cap hit, but I know that Brandon Cooks is a veteran in this league. He's also had injury problems. He's been on a ton of teams. The Giants want to take a flyer on him. It's probably going to be a lot less expensive than it is to trade for a Jerry Judy or a Chase Claypool or especially an Elijah Moore, um, who's just in his second season. So I think there's a multitude of ways for the Giants to attack this, but I definitely think the outcome here should be bolstering the wide receiver core ahead of tomorrow's trade deadline. I really think it's important to go ahead and acquire some additional talent, and I do think that Jerry Judy is the best name for them. I think he makes sense. He's got the connection with Brian Dable. He fits the offense. I would love to see that happen. Could propel Daniel Jones to have that breakout the same way Stephon Diggs did when he was traded to the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. I think that makes a lot of sense in my eyes, but I also see the argument, man, saving the draft capital, second round pick next year. You could get a wide receiver in the second round next year who you have for the next four years. And he's on a cheaper contract than Jerry Judy even would be. So you can maybe even get someone better than Jerry Judy in the second round next year. That's, of course, absolutely possible. But then again, the Giants did just add an additional six, an additional third by trading away Kadarius Tony. They could potentially move back into the second round before the draft ends next year. They have a lot of time to recuperate that draft capital if they give up their second round pick and move back in. Keep in mind, we have a couple of key players that are going to be heading towards free agency this offseason, whether that be Daniel Jones or that be Saquon Barkley. You can always franchise tag or transition tag one of those two guys and maybe make a move with them. That's a possibility. And I know we all love Dexter Lawrence right now, but he's also going to be a very valuable player that can maybe even 
recoup a first round pick if you wanted to. So the Giants, they can get creative. They've got players. Uh, Kenny Galladay might get traded for mid to late round picks at some point. Leonard Williams, the same. He can also be traded for picks at some point. Huge contract that the Giants might want to move move on from, even though he's a great player. So giving up that second round pick, yes, I know it's going to be a difficult task uh, to recuperate that, and you're going to have to sacrifice some current talent established on the roster if you want to. But at the same token, you will get added wins this season and next season and the season's forthcoming if you trade away that second-round pick for a talented wide receiver. That's just the way I see it. So you got to make the checks and balances, pros and cons lists, all that kind of stuff. But I do believe that trading away a second-round pick at the maximum, I wouldn't go as far as to trade away the first, but I'd trade away the second, add that talent right now, win some games now, and continue to win games in the future with whoever we get via this trade. Yeah, so like to build on top of that, last thing I want to say is that um... – the draft is a crapshoot. Like you could have a second round pick, first round pick that absolutely busts and doesn't offer you any value. So going in and trading for someone who's proven a proven commodity who can you know is going to impact your team in a positive way is sometimes, especially if they're selling their rookie contracts. By the way, and they have a couple of years left, that is a very good scenario. That's why Chase Claypool's you know fetching a second rounder because he has years left on his on his deal. Um, Jerry Judy two years left on his deal, and you know he's not gonna he's not gonna cost you much, and he's gonna help you immediately. So. That's kind of the mindset, the mentality. Uh, but, you know, that also Joe Shane trusts his draft process. He trusts his draft valuation. So he probably thinks that I have a good of enough chance of getting someone that's valuable that can make an impact as I would be trading a, a draft asset for right now for a player who's even proven. So um, I, I'm curious to see what they do. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Of course, you know, we could be wrong. I don't think we're a receiver away from a, from a Super Bowl. Um, and that's obviously the most important thing at the end of the day. Like, you know, we are not where the Buffalo Bills were when they traded for Stefan Diggs. They got Diggs and he was the last piece of the puzzle. We're like starting the puzzle. You know, we have some pieces. We're not even sure some of the pieces fit just yet. Um, you know, it's a pretty good analogy used uh, before the puzzle because it doesn't make a lot of sense for this Giants team. A lot of pieces that just, you know, we're not sure if they fit. Some pieces don't fit at all. Um, and we don't know if we, if we acquire somebody, they are going to fit. And some of those fits some of those pieces are actually missing a leg. So it's, it's kind of crazy. The situation we're going through right now, I don't exactly know the answer, um, but I do know that Daniel Jones could use his support. I do know that it would make this team better immediately. And that's something to consider. So I'd love to hear your perspectives or your opinions below um, in the YouTube comments section. As always, my friends, make sure to like and subscribe and we'll catch you guys tomorrow before the trade deadline. Mm -hmm.